Coming up on today's edition of Locked on Eagles, the Eagles have joined practices starting today in South Beach against the Miami Dolphins. We've got storylines for you coming up on today's edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. You are Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to this Wednesday edition of the show, episode three this week of five. Downloaded on your phone wherever you get the podcast, free and available on all platforms, in video form as well on YouTube. And we're always talking birds on Twitter. Hit us up at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBASI. L-O-E. We've got joint practices between the Eagles and the Dolphins today and Thursday. That's going to be huge, especially for the starters, as, as we've mentioned on the show before. Practices now, joint practices are more like the preseason games. And then we have the preseason game this weekend on Saturday, which again, Gino is going to be more for the second and third teamers, right? So I actually think the joint practice and preseason setup right now really strikes a good balance. Especially without that fourth preseason game, things are right. changing. The paradigm of how the preseason operates is changing right before our eyes. And I think what the Eagles did last week is a good indicator of what they'll probably go ahead and do this week. When you heard Nick Sariani talk, when you heard Jonathan Gannon talk after those joint practices and after the first team didn't see any action in that game against Cleveland, you realize, okay, they're in a setting where they can get their ones against their ones, their twos against their twos, and they're fine with those two days of practice, which same with me, Lou. I'm fine with keeping your quarterback, your top two wide receivers, your tight end out of a meaningless game where things do happen. The Eagles have been lucky that no major injuries have occurred, but they could be like the Jets with Zach Wilson a couple weeks ago. You might lose your quarterback for a few weeks going into well, and over the, the years they were, Gino. I mean, yeah, how many times we've seen was it team- plenty of times. Yeah, how many times has this team been limping out of the gate to start a regular season? So I totally agree. I think these joint practices are a good way to still get these starters ready while, you know, keeping it safe. You can't touch Jalen Hurts in these practices. It's a good controlled environment that's still highly competitive. And, you know, it's a great test for this team going up against the Miami Dolphins. Like the Cleveland Browns, is a really good roster, a questionable quarterback still, high floor, low ceiling player, but it's a good test for the Birds. They continue to try to show that they can hang with the best this year in 2022 with these heightened expectations. And we're going to get into a lot of the storylines, but you know, of course the biggest one that we're going to be looking out for is Bama duo versus Bama duo. Who looks more impressive between Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and Tua Tugo-Viola and Jalen Waddell. It's a really interesting dynamic. It's very similar what the Eagles and Dolphins are trying to do on offense. And although, and I think you probably agree, although Tua was taken ahead of Hurts, Waddle was taken ahead of Smith. I think the Eagles have the better Bama duo, right? I would say so. Yeah. I, for one, get very hung up on the idea of that Tua injury. The hip injury, the Bo Jackson injury, the thing that yeah. put out the best player ever to strap up a football jersey and one of the best ever put on a baseball uniform as well. That kept him out of two professional sports. So with Tua... Long-term, what are you going to get out of him? And he has a lot of the same question marks that Jalen does. Not as big of an arm, right? And it might be how Alabama likes to recruit. 
but Bryce Young, he has a much better arm than both of those two guys do. But you look at the duo right now, Jalen Hurts, he's battle-tested. He's held up well through multiple seasons. He doesn't get injured, unlike Tua. So when Despite I'm looking being at more mobile, right? I mean, he's a way better runner, too. When you look at what they present, would you rather have a Tua, who you could have had Justin Herbert, and I let all my Miami friends know that, that that would have been a lethal combination. But you look at Tua long-term, you look at how Jalen can hold up, you look at Devontae Smith versus Jalen Waddle really being the split decision, no revisionist history on my end. I wanted Devontae Smith out of all of those four Bama wide receivers. Yes, Jalen Waddle is good. But yeah, does he do good. a lot of things in the route running game that Devontae can do? Does he go up and get those 50-50 balls? Not as well as Devontae does, but yards after the catch, he's a menace. This team, right. they're going to be tested tackling in open space, and especially with how the offense is going to be predicated in Miami with Tua, you'll want to work more of that timing passing game. They'll set up their deep shots, and you have to be ready to defend all areas of the field. Now, with all of that said... Who do I take? I'll take Devontae Smith over Jalen Waddle any day. I'm yeah. split between the two quarterbacks right now. Reliability yeah, I don't want reasons, either, I'll, I'll take Jalen Hurts yeah. because I want my quarterback to be on the field and somebody you can rely on. I think both have a lot of the same limitations, as you said, but I'll take the guy that's a better runner and is more durable. I wish you could combine the two, Gino. I said on the show yesterday because I would love to have – you know, Tua's processing and accuracy for Jalen. And hopefully Jalen does take that step in that area this year for sure. But, you know, it's interesting. The Dolphins spent, when you think about it, two top 10 picks on Tua and Waddle, right? The fifth Mm -hmm. overall pick over Justin Herbert, as you mentioned. Uh, They moved up to eight with the Eagles. And then they also gave up the 2022 first round pick for Jalen Waddle, giving that pick to the Eagles. So they spent- they have no 2023 first either. Right. They lost that first- um, so they essentially spent three first-round picks, including two top-ten picks on Tua and Waddle, whereas the Eagles spent a one and a two on Hertz and Smith while also collecting an extra one in that move down to get Devontae. So they got the better Bama duo, and they invested way less. I think the Dolphins were, you know, crazy, and I really like Jalen Waddle. I liked him just as much as Smith. I liked Smith a little bit more in that draft process. But to say that he is a first-round picks worth better, an extra first better than Devontae, Smith was a better prospect to begin with. You use that first-round pick to go get Jordan Davis this year. Is Jay, Who would you rather have, Devontae Smith and Jordan Davis or Jalen Waddell? Miami, they can be crazy sometimes, man. We'll get into that later on the show, too. There's a bunch of butterfly effects with the Eagles and the Dolphins in the draft, but I think they were nuts for that move, even as good as Waddle was as a rookie. And to go into that draft with Tua and Herbert and not even give Justin a fair shake was the thing with me that yeah, you look at what Miami was missing for so long. It was that true throw-the-ball-down-the-gut quarterback, somebody that could hang in there in a game with Tom Brady, now in a game with Josh Allen. I would take Justin Herbert 10 times out of 10 before I took Tua. Oh, yeah, it's not even close. And I wouldn't have invested as much resources into getting weapons to go and get him because you also had to spend multiple first-round picks to go and get Tyreek Hill as well. So was it worth it, in a way, mortgaging your future for Tua Tonga? That's the difference between these two that's teams. That's exactly you know. what happened. That's the two. The difference is the Eagles and Dolphins in a very similar boat with these quarterbacks. Not sure if the field ceiling is going to be worth keeping them around long term. 
the Eagles have, but they both, both teams, as you said, they're, they're trying to give them a support system that there's no more excuses. However, the Eagles have maintained their long-term flexibility, whereas Miami hasn't. And part of that too yeah. was them illegally trying to get a star quarterback to replace Tua to begin with, with the Tom Brady scandal. So yeah, you're right. That's the one difference there is the Eagles have a fighting chance next year to replace Hurts if need be. Miami, it feels, I don't want to say they're stuck, but they're kind of stuck in that purgatory, and that's the worst place to be in. And that's one thing I think we can take away from when you look at these joint practices is how did those guys get there? How did the team building behind the scenes put them in a place to be where they are? We looked at Cleveland with the Andrew Barry being from the Holly Roseman tree. Both of those rosters were constructed very similarly. Now you look at Miami, who in a conference and in a division – where they have to compete now. They have the weapons to compete right away. Long-term, much like Tua versus Jalen, who would you have and what organization would you want to be out of these two? Would you rather be the Eagles in a wide-open NFC who have multiple first-round picks next year to make the roster even better or be a hamstrung Miami team in a division where the Jets are going to get better, the Patriots are always consistent, the Bills are the true threat? Did you make that roster the best in that division? Because I can say that about the Eagles. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to catch up with Buffalo, but I think the Eagles did a much better job closing the gap with Dallas than oh, Miami sure. has done against Buffalo because they still have lost, I mean, instrumental pieces to their team. They lose a guy in Shaq Lawson, who was one of their better edge defenders last year, and he goes back to Buffalo. You look at their cornerback situation. Who knows how long Xavier Howard is going to be around for? All of those guys are signed for big-time money. You had to sign Tyreek Hill. Your offensive line is in flux. The Eagles are set up for now and set up for the future. Maybe Miami has to take that route of failing by going all in to learn what the Eagles did. Because some teams, they yeah. might not learn from history and go about it this way. I'd rather be in the Eagles situation with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. By the way, too, like the one thing maybe Waddle had that or better than Smith was the explosiveness and the run after the catch ability. But, you know, I even think with Devontae, that's a little overlooked because, like, for instance, at Alabama, he was sandwiched in between Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle, two of the most explosive prospects to come out of the draft in the last five years. But his run after the catch and speed is pretty great, too. I think sometimes receivers, when they're so good at other things, for instance, Quez Watkins is a great contested catch guy, but he's seen as a deep threat, and that's what's always focused on. Deshaun Jackson was a deep threat, but he was a great route runner, too, in his later years as a veteran. Devontae, because of where he played, who he was teammates with, and because of his other traits, I think that run into the catch and speed kind of goes under the radar, too, and I hope the Eagles use him in that area more this year. More screens, pre-snap motion, getting him in space as well. I think when you look at what Jalen Waddle did better than Devontae, and you're evaluating those guys one for one, yeah. I like how you said it. Is he an entire first-round pick better than Devontae? Is he Jordan Davis worth Jordan Davis? Better? Same with Is A.J. Brown, Lou. Look at what they gave up to get Tyreek Hill, and look at what the Eagles gave up to get A.J. Brown. Right. Sometimes you have to pay that tax for being a franchise that maybe people don't want to go to. Yes, Miami, it's enticing. You go live down in Florida, but success over the last two decades, they haven't had much. The Eagles, you're looking at them. 
They invested smart on their quarterback. They found a guy that people have fallen in love with. They invested smart on their weapons to go and help their quarterback while at the same time making it a better destination for people to come into going forward. If I had to take my pick, you're looking at the landscape of the AFC, right, Lou? And there's all these quarterbacks that are fantastic. You could play for Mahomes, you could play for Burrow, you could play for Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. But you want to compete to not just win a playoff game, but potentially go to a Super Bowl. If you don't get one of those looks in the AFC, are you going to go to Miami? Are you going to go to a team like Philly? Who's on the up? I mean, you can even make the case for a team like Dallas right now. It's wide open. A, a team like outside of the Rams, if you go to Arizona, that team, it's wide open. The NFC, looking at where I would want to be as a player, looking at how it's shaping up. If I'm not with one of the top six QBs in the AFC, I don't even think twice before signing a contract elsewhere. And that's why Tyreek Hill, I, I think, an open team. Exactly. I think Tyreek Hill's a little buyer's remorse because he's been trying to convince. He's in the media. It feels like every week trying to convince himself more than convincing us that Tua is, is a better quarterback yeah. than Mahomes. Yeah. Like McDaniel's is saying it too, saying he's the most accurate passer he's ever coached. I mean, I think a lot of them are trying to convince themselves of that. So yeah, the Bama duo is going to be interesting to follow along. Hertz and Smith versus Waddle and Tua this week. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking athletic greens because I simply don't have enough time in the day to prepare the amount of healthy meals that I need to get through. I've got a lot of jobs right now, both day and evening. The grind is absolutely real and I needed more energy, good feeling energy. I started relying on caffeine, which is just not the move, right? Bang energy is giving me crazy anxiety, not helping me get my job done efficiently. So I switched over to athletic greens over the last few months and I absolutely love it. It doesn't taste healthy. It has a mild tropical flavor that I'm really into. I look forward to having it each morning as I write my articles for Fox 43. I edit the podcast. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. I've sent it over to my brothers in California and in Florida. They're loving it. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one-year supplies of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Guys, we thank you always for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Make sure your second listen is the Locked On Fantasy Podcast. It's Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network, so go make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Fantasy expert Vinny Lyre, who brings you over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Uh, Gino, some other storylines, though, in these joint practices. One is just about the overall strength of both rosters. If the Eagles can beat out, I think they got the better 
of Cleveland in both practices on Thursday and Friday. It was definitely tight, but I think the Eagles were the better team on both days from the reports we saw from the 7-on-7s, 11-on-11s, 1-on-1s. Overall, it seemed like they were the better team. If they can beat out Miami now too, these next two days, that's two weeks in a row where they looked better than teams that I think have really good rosters that are probably seen in the entire landscape of the NFL as probably in the same tier as the Eagles. Like really good teams, maybe on the cusp of championship contending, but question marks at quarterback, strong rosters around them. And that's huge. If you can go back-to-back weeks where you you get the better of two good playoff contending AFC teams, which is a loaded conference, that's what you want to see considering last year, yeah, the Eagles went 7-2 and two down the stretch to make the playoffs, but, you know, they beat up on a lot of bad quarterbacks, a lot of bad teams, not discrediting the run that they went on, but that was certainly a part of it. They struggled against the good teams they played. This would go a long way in making you feel like, okay, in 2022, this is different. They have the talent now to hang with anybody. I mean, Miami is, a, again, outside of Tua, they got a damn good roster. They really do, and it's built That's why very Brady probably similar. wanted to go there, man. I mean, I mean, you want to play in Florida at that point, get the, the tax that's break. Too. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he, he won one in Tampa. I would have much rather went to Tampa with that roster as well. But looking at how the Eagles and Miami are made up, yes, I've talked about Miami may, maybe not being what I think the Eagles are. But when you look at the horses, man, those are guys that are running split-second differences in how good they actually are. Because you look at the three that they have, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki. It's a great Sounds trio. Very familiar to what we have in Philadelphia. You have two good wide receivers. You could also throw Cedric Wilson, who I believe is the best third wide receiver in all of football in that equation as well, with Quez Watkins as a parallel. These two offenses built very similar. You mentioned the quarterback question marks. Are they going to hit the deep ball as often as guys like Justin Herbert, Pat Holmes? No, but they have built their offenses to help their quarterbacks be sure. the best that they can be. And how do you do that? Well, you have to have guys that want, win one-on-one individual matchups. And what better setting than to take on two pristine wide receivers and a top-notch tight end than to do that with other guys that are the same exact type of category. Yeah. Because you're not going up against A.J. Brown, who's big, physical, can make catches outside of his body. Same with Devontae Smith, a fantastic route runner. No, you're going against two guys that are lightning quick, have unbelievable short area quickness. Quickness. They're going to beat you in the open field. Best of luck playing man on them one-on-one, but you're still getting the iron sharpens iron mentality. And how we talked last week where we wanted to see the Eagles offense go out there and dominate against the Cleveland Browns defense where they had exceptional cornerbacks. I want to see Slay versus Tyreek Hill all day long. I would pay a pay-per-view cover to watch that for 15 minutes. You give me 15 reps over 15 minutes, I'd pay 15 bucks for that any day of the week. And you get to yeah. see Bradbury, a bigger guy who's good at defending those big physical corners. But what can he do when that number two isn't a big physical corner? This matches up very well to help open some of the eyes of those areas that maybe the Eagles receivers who – Quality-wise are just as good. The tight end quality-wise are just as good. But they do different things. And that's a great part about the NFL is you have to be tasked with defending. One week you're going to be facing somebody that they're good against man coverage. And then so next week they're good against press bail. And then they're good against off. And you have to be able to do all of these different things if you want to call yourself one of the better corners in the league, right? And Slay believes that. Bradbury believes that. 
Avante Maddox believes that. This is going to be a seven-on-seven extravaganza. You want to see high-flying profile offenses that are going to go out there and just chuck it. Mike McDaniel wants to see what he's got into. uh, Nick Sirianni clearly wants to continue to see what he has in Jalen Hurts. And it's going to be in those one-on-ones. It's going to be in the seven-on-sevens. It's going to be 11-on-11. It's going to be awesome. I wish they could tackle Gino because the tackling, and again, it wasn't the starters, but in Cleveland, it was pretty brutal. And these are, as you mentioned, space-eating monsters. These are run after the catch. I mean, there's not a more explosive. I said last week on the show, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are the most complete receiving duo in the NFL. But I think the Dolphins have the most explosive duo, and I don't think it's not close. Not even a close with, yeah, yeah, not even close with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. So it would be interesting to see how the Eagles could tackle these guys in the open field. But just in general, the one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens, 11-on-elevens, just managing these guys in space is going to be super important and super interesting because also the way you know McDaniels comes from a Kyle Shanahan offense – that offense is predicated on spacing and getting guys mm-hmm. open with run after the catchability. It's why guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk have had so much success over there that Waddle and Hill are already amazing at that, and now they're getting this system. It really is a perfect match, and it's a great test for sure. And, uh, Gino, it also, though, on the other side, as you mentioned, this is another wide receiver versus corner battle royale between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. I mean, remember a couple of years ago before the Eagles traded for Darius Slay, who do we mention a lot on this podcast that we wanted the Eagles to land? And the Eagles were, in fact, interested in him. And they went after Slay after they missed out on this guy. It was Byron Jones. So that's going to be a great test as well between four star players. Will it be what Denzel Ward could have been last week? Absolutely yeah, it does not. stink that Ward wasn't competing in those. And I, I don't I didn't hear much from Newsom either. Will it be closer to what Greg Newsom presented, though? That's where I think will be the test because you look at Byron Jones, you look at Newsom, two big physical corners, right? Probably are going to be similar to how James Bradbury matches up against you. Then you look at Xavier Howard, not nearly as big as Slay. We know that. But somebody that can cover on the outside, somebody can cover in the slot is much shiftier. That will be a fantastic test for the Eagles offense as well. And one thing I want to say to your point that they won't be tackling in the practices The offense that Miami will run, as you said, is predicated on space. They're going to run a lot of inside zone. They're also going to push you outside. If the Eagles tackle the way they did last week against Cleveland, it will be an absolute mess. It was really bad, dude. Sunday, it was was brutal. You have to pursue. In this type of offense, when you have weapons, that being of what Miami has, where the game comes down to winning in space, tackling in the open field. You got to have 11 guys putting their foot into sixth gear, pressing on the gas, and getting to where they have to go. If you have performances like Davian Taylor had last week, where he's just Bad. jogging around yeah. out there and not finding an assignment, your second and third team is going to look just as poor as they did. And it will be an eye opener come week one to see how the ones do. But you could probably see how practice is going from the twos and the threes, and they really have to hit live sometime soon. Right. And we might not get that with the ones until week one. Absolutely. And, Gino, I feel like I would still choose the path they've taken with lighter scheduling sure. with these practices and make sure health is – Yeah, stay healthy, and you can knock the tackling rust off. 
pretty quick. If you're a football player and you're 28 years old, 29 years old, and it takes half a season to learn to tackle, I mean, come on. So, but, but you're right, though. At the same time, the tackling was really bad. And against a team as explosive as Miami, you better be not only not just jogging, but you better be sprinting before they even touch the football. Because as mm-hmm. we mentioned, guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell can go from zero to 100 in an instant. So against teams like that, you got to just prepare yourself mentally for that kind of team because during the season, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that don't have this caliber of talent in the open field, but there are so many amazing offenses across the league that you got to tackle. It's extremely important. Guys, today's Lockdown Eagles is also sponsored by LinkedIn. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Add your job on the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Can terms and conditions do apply. Uh, Gina, before we do wrap up the show, I thought this would be fun. It got me thinking when I was thinking about the Bama duos and Devontae Smith versus Jalen Waddell specifically and how the Dolphins gave the Eagles an extra first-round pick and allowed them to take Devontae Smith so they could move up and get Jalen Waddell. We talk about a lot of butterfly effects on this podcast. The Miami Dolphins have helped out the Eagles in a lot of ways in past drafts. It wasn't just with that move, which allowed the Eagles to get the better Bama receiver and Jordan Davis the following year. So they were responsible for helping the Eagles get Jordan Davis and Devontae Smith, two key core pieces this year. But you remember, too, in 2013, they moved up right in front of the Eagles and took Deion Jordan from your Ducks instead of Lane Johnson. Imagine where you'd be without Lane Johnson. And in 2016, they allowed you to move up from 13 to 8, And they took Byron Maxwell's horrible contract and Kiko Alonso off your hands to help get Carson Wentz. And you don't win a Super Bowl without Wentz. I mean, we really should love the Dolphins in Philadelphia. I mean, the AFC Eagles, that's essentially what they are. They've compiled a boatload of ex-Eagles players. And it's not just the guys that you've mentioned. Ah, yes, Eric Rowe. (laughs) Eric Rowe as well, brother. You can't forget about him. But looking at what the Dolphins have done for the Eagles – it's extraordinary to have that relationship that you can rely on a team and be willing to trade with them. And Despite ripping them off so many times. I yeah. been, if Howie's calling him on Miami, I'm not answering anymore. That's what I was going to say. Shame shame on me for the first time with the whole Deion Jordan situation. And if you've watched the Manti Teo documentary that I just, just came it, out yeah. recently. Oh, my gosh. The best scene in the entire thing is when they're going through and calling out the names of the 2013 class, and you're just saying – Eric Fisher goes one, Luke Jokel goes two, Deion Jordan goes three, and then Hall of Famer Lane Johnson goes four. And if it wasn't for that, Chip Kelly is making that Deion Jordan selection I know. quicker than any general manager has ever made a pick, ever. That's and horrifying. Then going to the 
quarterback situation in 2016, Lou, do you end up with Jared Goff if, if maybe uh, the Rams can't I don't know. Up, a team falls in love with Wentz and they get ahead of you and you were never able to move from third Or do you end up with Paxton Lynch because you have to oh, sit goodness. tight there and take the third quarterback? We knew Philadelphia liked traits. Paxton had the traits. Mm-hmm. It was a disaster in the NFL, but I actually liked him coming out of Memphis, embarrassingly enough. Yeah, I mean, because if you don't get from 13 to 8, that's a huge part of you leapfrogging from 8 to 2. And the fact that Miami allowed you to move up five spots and take two horrible contracts off of your hands. I mean, it's just, you don't have a Super Bowl without it. And you don't have a Super Bowl without the Miami Dolphins because, Gino, without Lane Johnson, if you pick, and you're right, Chip Kelly was taking Deion Jordan with that pick. So the Eagles just got lucky that Miami made the mistake for you. Without Lane Johnson, I don't know where this team would be either. I know they've been so loaded on the offensive line with other talents, but that's been one of the best tackles in football for a decade. Without Lane Johnson, where do you go? Without the ability to move up and get Carson Wentz as this franchise in the position it's in today to where we go back to last year's draft. And what happens if Devontae Smith is the selection at six? Do the Philadelphia Eagles get Jalen Waddle? Does he fall? I don't know. Do they even get one of those wide receivers? Because you look at the 2022 Do they get Rashad Bateman? Is that who they draft? Look at the way the wide receivers went in 22. You look back to 21, that was an early indicator. Teams are going to take wide receivers early. Chase goes five, Waddle goes six, the Eagles move up and take Devontae at 10. What happens? Do the Giants all of a sudden love Jalen Waddle and they take him out from under you instead of drafting Kadarius Tony? The entire landscape of what has happened around the Eagles, a lot of it can be contributed to what Miami has allowed them to do. And then, Gino, if one of those receivers aren't there, what do you do? Take Micah Parsons, who went just a couple picks after to Dallas at 12? That changes everything. I love what ifs. It's great. I love the NFL. It's one of the amazing universes, for sure, to look back at. And we can thank the Miami Dolphins for a lot of it, though. Lane Johnson, Carson Wentz, Devontae Smith, Jordan Davis, they have allowed you to have many of your key core pieces of a championship team and now a perennial playoff title contender. So thank you, Miami Dolphins, for for being inept in the draft. And, Gino, I don't want this to happen, but if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, the Dolphins are way less competition in next year's class because they did lose. They were one of the teams that had two first-round picks next year. They lost that first, their first, in the tampering scandal. So that takes away a competitor that was just as low as you were. So who knows? Maybe in the future, they could be helping you out even more. So always interesting to uh, find that out, but we'll continue to follow along with Eagles, Dolphins, storylines, joint practice updates later today. Also tomorrow practice on Thursday as well with the game coming up on Saturday. Follow us on Twitter for daily updates at lockdown birds at DBLC LOE and at GC 24 underscore football. And we thank you so much for making lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Make sure your second listen is the lockdown fantasy football podcast. Get ready for your drafts this week with Vinny Lyre, who has 20 plus years of fantasy experience. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you for downloading Lockdown Eagles. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles.